Good morning. Welcome to Deriving Theology. It is September. September what? That's a question. I don't even know, but September 20-something. And as usual, we are on our way to work. I'm parked kind of weird, so hard to get out this morning. <clears throat> so how's everybody been? Uh, I want to thank you guys who are listening. Um, kind of surprised by the direction that uh, we've gone this year. We, we've had, uh, in Driving Theology, we've had previous years that all, all, all previous years have grown, right? What? All, sorry, subsequent years have grown from previous years, yeah. Anyway, each year we've, we've grown in plays. Uh, downloads, not so much, but plays. Well, I bet we've grown in everything, actually. Sorry, I'm sipping a little coffee. I don't even know what coffee I'm drinking this morning because my wife made it. is a rare occurrence. Uh, Yeah, we've... Every year has been better than the the last. Uh, So we started the very end, I believe, of 2015. Uh, We're getting close to the end of 2021. So that'll be six years uh, of podcasts. (laughs) Kind of blows me away. I can't believe I made it through one year. Much less six... I just realized I've got a huge horsefly. Uh, these horseflies are about the size of yellow jackets in Japan. Um, <clears throat> maybe that's how big they are in the States. I just don't remember. I was, it's been a long time since I lived in the States. But this horsefly is surfing on my hood right now. He's stuck to my hood, just along for the ride. Almost looks like he's enjoying the thrill of it. <clears throat> don't know though. Uh, yeah, anyway, so we've done better each subsequent year, which is wonderful. But this year we are on pace to have more plays than all previous years combined. And that blows me away. That means we're going to have twice as many uh, as last year and all the other years combined. We're kind of on pace for that. It might be close, you know, we may may not quite get there, but we've already doubled, I believe, last year. And so now we are uh, working towards covering all those previous years as well. And I can't point to any reason why that would be so. I haven't really done anything differently. In fact, in some sense, because I've recorded so many uh, podcasts, in some sense, I might even think that the... The quality's gone down, and maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. I know I'm sure I've had some duds, right? Some podcasts that are not so great, and, uh, um, you know, could have been better. But that's kind of the format I'm going for, right? I I, I don't want things to be so um, tight and tailored uh, for a reason, right? Let me get some of the background noise out of here. That's why I don't do any cuts or very few cuts unless I get a phone call or something. 
uh, and I don't edit uh, at all anymore. I used to put on a song or something and do something like that, but <clears throat> I've kind of make it made it so it's as repeatable and reproducible as possible uh, without uh, you know without being too much of a burden and then making me not want to do it anymore. Uh, it's about as easy as it can be. I make a recording, I pop it in my computer, I upload it, put a title on it and that stuff, and it's about probably as much as I can handle. Well, my horse fly took off. <clears throat> so, yeah, uh, I'm grateful and humbled that uh, some of you guys continue to listen, and maybe uh, some of you are new listeners. Uh, I don't want to take it for granted, um, and so, yeah. I just want to say thank you for that. Uh, it doesn't really do anything for me except ego at this point. I'm not making any money off the podcast. I haven't tried yet. Um, but the fact that it's been successful and the growth has been so steady makes me reluctant to change it up too much, right? I, I think it's probably better to try to add something alongside it than to really mess with the... Uh, <clears throat> mess with the format too much and I'm kind of slowly working on that idea uh, one of my ideas is to use Zoom to be able to uh, get guests uh, from different places that I can actually you know have conversations which you know I've done a few times in the car but um, I'm not sure what I would call that that podcast, that video podcast of driving theology, but um, <clears throat> not sure. Uh, it'd be nice to do live guests every once in a while, just to see how that would go. Uh, it could be kind of cool, but I think probably what's going to come up is some kind of a Zoom call uh, that I get some people, maybe people who have been on the podcast before at first, and uh, I don't know, maybe do a monthly a monthly Zoom call to go alongside of this or something. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, not much uh, is going on here in the news. Um, really, things are fairly calm compared to this time last year, for sure. Um, I will say that... Uh, there has been a possible murder, uh, uh, murder of a, um, a van blogger, a person that drives around the country, lives in their van, and, and then blogs the places they go and the things they do and, and what it's like to, to have a, a van life, I guess. <laughs> uh, her name was Gabby, and she has been found dead. She was known to be missing, and then they found her body, and they so far are ruling it a homicide, but they haven't released how she died. There's some mystery surrounding it. Uh, she, she died in the wilderness in, a, I think, the Grand Tetons Park, which I can't even remember where that is right now. <clears throat> I know it's in the west or the northwest, somewhere over there. Uh, yeah, that's, that's something that has happened, and it's, it's kind of an interesting thing because it's controversy having to do with new... I guess new media, 
right? Blogging and video blogging and, uh, you know, social media. And it's kind of a, a person that probably most people in the country didn't know unless you are under a certain age and are big on Instagram and, and things like this. I, I Of course, I didn't know her. I've, I've seen other van bloggers, but I didn't know Gabby specifically, I don't think. Um, but it is kind of interesting because it has to do with uh, this new new breed of, of media, right? It's not, uh, what do you call that, mainstream by any means, but it's, it is quite widespread. I don't even know what mainstream means anymore, right? Mainstream may not mean what it once meant uh, if, if we're saying that that includes, you know, conventional television and things like this. Because <clears throat> there's so many different ways now that we get our information and our news, right? The world is, has changed a lot in that respect, I would say. I'm taking a little bit of a risk today to go a different route because there's been some road construction. I've never taken this specific route to work. We'll see how it goes. Maybe I like it even even more than the way I usually take. So far, it doesn't have any traffic, and that's a huge plus. It's actually fairly smooth up to this point. Like it so far. Yeah. Uh, so we are still in some form or another of COVID restrictions here in Japan since the Delta variation took off. Uh, a lot of lockdowns were reinstituted and and uh, not not forced lockdowns, but uh, suggested and and. Um, uh, The government has been very light-handed with all of their uh, different kinds of, you know, the way that they do uh, their lockdowns and things like that. They've been quite, um, yeah, try, to, try to do more with suggestion than law, for example, or mandate or whatever. Um, so, yeah. We're still, still living in this world oppressed by COVID and the fear of COVID. <clears throat> you know, in a sense, if you if you look at the Old Testament especially, and uh, uh, especially with certain eyes, right? If you're if you're if you are targeted target reading, I guess, if you're looking to find a certain thing in the Old Testament, uh, I think you'll pretty much find it everywhere. Uh, and what I'm referring to is the uh, relief from oppression side uh, of of Scripture. The scripture is very much um, oh wow! Sorry, I got lost here. I'm on a, now I'm back on the route that I usually take. So. Really fast. Kind of unbelievable how fast it was. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so reading through scripture, right? Uh, 
what you see reveals what you're looking for and what you're looking for reveals in one sense or another who you are right um, or where you are as a person at that time right we all go through I think phases uh, but I, I've talked about this in the past that scripture I think one of the best uses of scripture is to reveal who you are and where you are at as a person right it's a mirror right you see certain things and really everything you see that you interpret whether it's a movie or a book news articles you know any anything any story that you you come across true or not true uh, <clears throat> I, sh- I, sh- I guess I shouldn't say true or not true true or fiction right because fiction has truth in it it doesn't have to be true in, in the same sense uh, basically you're going to read it based on who you are for example um, let me think of a movie that, that this might relate to uh, well let's just take it's kind of nerdy, but let's take the original Star Wars, right? Um, which I believe is Star Wars A New Hope. Is that the original one? Anyway, episode four. Uh, depending on where you are in life, uh, you may read uh, and, and understand that story differently. And you may... Uh, associate's not the right word... Um, you may identify with different characters in the story. For example, if you if you're young and you you are um, feeling the uh, shackles of your uh, parents, right? If you're you're feeling pressure from your parents and really want to get out from under that, you may you may feel uh, uh, you may feel for and identify with Luke Skywalker. <clears throat> Uh, or, you know, maybe you were once important, but you're kind of a has-been, and you're kind of just getting older and older, and and uh, you'd rather just be left alone and out in the desert. Maybe you identify with Obi Wan Kenobi. Maybe he's the hero in this character in this story to you. Um, you know, maybe. Maybe you are a boss or an oppressor and you're tired of people <clears throat> not doing what you tell them to, right? You, you really, really just want people to stay in line and do what they're told because you know better than everybody else. Well, maybe you, you're somebody like Darth Vader or something like that, you know. I, I know this is a bad, <laughs> this, is not, this is not the best uh, example um, but if you use the force, I think you'll see what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, search your feelings. Um, but seriously, the way the way you read anything, right? The way you perceive the world, let's say, uh, is unique to you, and it and it tells a lot about you. And I think it tells less about what you're reading. Right. So back to the Old Testament. Uh, if if you were say a a slave in uh, 18th century America in the South, and and you've worked 
uh, hard for your master all your life. Uh, your, your family has been taken from you. You've been taken from your homeland. Uh, you cannot go where you want to go. You cannot do what you want to do. Uh, your life and everything about your life is dictated by a uh, white supremacist master. When you hear the story of <clears throat> the Exodus, right? When you hear the story of the Exodus and the story of the people of Israel, you hear a story of a people released from bondage, all right? And the fact that they were released from bondage gives you hope, okay? <clears throat> so you can identify with all of the stories of oppression all through the Old Testament. They will pop out at you quicker. You'll see it. You're like, oh, that's what that story's about. Okay, because that's that's the 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 hermeneutic that you come from, right? That's your perspective. Um, and those those stories and and those parts of stories are what mean the most to you, right? But if you you know say you are a white middle-aged pastor, uh, when you read through Exodus, you see the organizing of a religion, right? A way to um, keep people in line in a sense even though you would say it's for God but when you read uh, the Exodus and then into the rest of, of the law you see a hierarchical God organizing his people uh, to be a more efficient uh, body in a sense a more, a more efficient uh, army almost really um, and that's another thing if you you know if you if you believe that in military might if you maybe fought for your country and you're reading the story of uh, stories especially in Joshua right and you see uh, the armies defeating other armies you you are going to read that as a good thing right that that's that's the good thing about what they're doing you probably are less likely uh, to identify with the victims uh, of those wars. Um, that's probably not something that you would identify with. Uh, you would identify with the warrior. Um, for me, you know, uh, I identified with different characters at different times. You know, I feel like I, I have, I mean, I'm, I'm American. I have a little warrior in me, right? I think that's, that's a normal part of being an American boy growing up in the time that I grew up in. I was born in the middle of the Vietnam conflict um, on the heels of, uh, you know, two world wars and the Korean War and, you know, all wars that we had won. And so by that point, we still believed that the, the American army, you know, when I was born in 68, I think most Americans believed that, that it was an army for good, that we were out doing good in the world. Uh, and not until... Uh, Vietnam ended so badly, uh, I think, did we have any ideas that, hey, you know, there may have been other stuff going on that was not so great. <laughs> uh, so what you, what you read and what you perceive through your senses and, and when, how you make, what you make of that, right, uh, 
really everything's the same. Smells, right? One smell uh, smells like home and comfort. When the same smell to another person smells like abuse uh, and and you know evil, foreboding, right? And it can be the exact same smell, but two people have different experiences and they bring back memories uh, of a different childhood, one positive, one negative. And so it's not that the smell is either good or bad, it's that the smell is revealing who you are, right? Your experiences, the things you've gone through, why you are the way you are today, right? The understanding your, that your senses uh, are revealing your character and your past um, and your personality, I think will help us a lot. Instead of, you know, um, fighting on the hill, is that, is that what it is? Um, <clears throat> trying to keep the hill is the idea. The, the Yeah, now see, I'm using a, a military metaphor. <clears throat> you know, choosing a hill to die on, that's what it is. Yeah. So, whether a smell is good or bad is should not be a hill to die on, right? That's not. We, we should be past that. We should. We should understand by now uh, that what what's actually going on there is not whether a smell is good or bad, uh, but the smell is helping us unlock who we are, and we need to deal with that, right? There's there's some things that we should deal with, whether. It's, you know, if it's a good memory that's be, being brought up, we should be grateful, right? Maybe there's somebody we need to thank for that. Um, and and if it was bad, maybe there's somebody we need we need to be reconciled to. You know, uh, now I bring up the smell because smells are some of the strongest um, emotion emotion revealing senses that we have right the same way you know what you see reveals who you are right uh, you see uh, a, a woman uh, who is not wearing enough clothes to you <clears throat> one person sees uh, maybe a prostitute right one person sees a, a woman who is who is uh, morally um morally compromised and is not a good person and is doing things she shouldn't do. Uh, she needs to stop wearing those clothes. She needs to change her life, right? Whereas somebody else might see a woman who's been oppressed and has been forced into that lifestyle and has been subjected to a past that has pushed her into this situation, right? <clears throat> It really depends on your perspective. Um, and even if you have the one, I don't think it's too late for you to, you know, if you have one perspective, I think you can look at it as if looking um, at another person, right? Looking at something outside yourself and realizing, hey, that's my perspective, but that doesn't have to be my perspective, right? I can, I can try to see things in a different light is what that means, right? That's the idea of you know, changing your perspective or, uh, you know, putting on someone else's shoes. It's really the skill that's going to heal the world, I think. 
is trying to see things from someone else's perspective, right? And I keep saying perspective, uh, just like Julia Roberts did in the movie Notting Hill. <laughs> she, she had a, a moment, her character had a moment in that movie where she, um, anyway, talks about the idea of perspective. She's a famous person. Uh, her boyfriend is not famous and they have different perspectives on uh, different events and that's to be expected, right? <clears throat> and I think that's another thing. We should expect different perspectives and we should celebrate different perspectives, right? These different perspectives uh, and the acknowledging of them are what draw us toward a, a better truth, right? A, a more um, workable situation for more people, right? Acknowledging perspectives and really listening to perspectives uh, is what's going to help us start living the golden rule. <coughs> Excuse me. And what, you know, the golden rule maybe in a sense is saying, you know, do unto others as I would have them do unto me means I would want other people to consider my perspective after hearing my opinion. Instead of just judging my opinion, I would want them to hear my perspective, right? To give my perspective a chance. At least give it some airtime, right? At least listen to it. Consider my perspective before judging my opinion. Uh, and, and really, that's, that's kind of the golden rule, right? Now, the golden rule, I think, is can be more pragmatic than that, of course. I mean, it can be uh, just as much about, uh, you know, physical things. For example, if someone's hungry, uh, you feed them because uh, if you were hungry, you would, you would want them to feed you, right? So that's something more physical, more tangible. Uh, but I think in general, you have to get, if you don't get to the philosophical level, you're not going to get things to be broad enough to be uh, broadly applied, right? And principles are things that need to be broadly applied. Um, <clears throat> so I think the golden rule is very much in line with, you know, um, the desire for people to hear and understand your perspective. Okay? And that has to be reciprocal, right? When you put yourself out there as someone who wants to be understood, you have to realize that now you've said that you are also somebody who wants to understand, right? It has to go both ways. And when things are truly reciprocal like this, right? Um, respect, um, respect for each other's perspective, uh, I think the world really starts to move in a wonderful direction. Um, and not only do you need to, oh, what was this? This was a line from another movie. There are three, uh, this is, oh my gosh. Uh, okay. So this is from, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to totally butcher, butcher it, but it's, it's actually from 
uh, Cobra Kai, the series, the, the very last ep, um, season, in the last season, uh, Daniel returns to Okinawa, and he meets up with his old girlfriend, I think her name was Kumiko, I think it's Kumiko, and Kumiko is talking to Daniel about his problem with Johnny, okay, he's had a lifelong rival, rivalry with Johnny, and Kumiko says, well, there are, you know, there are three truths or something like this, your truth, his truth, and then the real truth, right? <laughs> Three things are true, right? Your truth, his truth, but then the real truth is different than either one, and and that's that's really true, right? <laughs> that that that's that makes so much sense, right? Because we need to really put our perspectives together um, so that we can truly evaluate something, and it doesn't mean that somebody's perspective may not be, I don't know, almost 100% untrue. You can have an, a lie for a perspective, or your perspective can be made up of lies, right? That's completely possible. For example, uh, if, if um, two girls have the same father, uh, <clears throat> one girl has always seen the father for who he actually is. Uh, you know, maybe she loves him, but, but she can see that he is deeply flawed. The other child, for whatever reason, has never seen the father's flaws, but only seen his good points. Uh, and her perspective is only about all of the good things that he's done, right? So, you know, her perspective can be made up of mostly lies, uh, or misconceptions, just, you know, misreading somebody. Um, so she may need to, you know, I mean, depending, right? This is, we're talking about something pretty touchy in family relationships. And everybody has, has a, you know, both done good things and bad things. <clears throat> um, but knowing people for who they are and accepting them for all they are, I think is a really important step too. Um, but you know, the opposite can be true. You, you can only see the bad parts of somebody and refuse to see the good parts, right? I, I, think, I think you can be blinded both ways and be just as, as off either direction, right? It's not better just to see somebody's good, point, good parts or um, conversely to see someone's bad parts, right? It's not one way or the other is not better. Um, now there are people that are malevolent, right? That, that participate in a kind of evil that is beyond normal human experience. And I think, you know, those are the, um, they are anomalies to a certain extent. They're not your normal person. I think your normal person does the best they can with what they have and what they know. <clears throat> And therefore, we can give them a lot of, a lot of space and a lot of grace. Um, did I just coin a phrase? I don't even know. Um, so yeah, the way you read the Bible, whether it's the New Testament, the Old Testament, it really reveals where you are in life, 
maybe what you feel like you're missing in life or what's going wrong in your life uh, and you see the answers in the Bible. Uh, and it's not that the Bible doesn't contain life, that it doesn't contain answers. I think, I think the Bible points us to life and to a good life. Uh, and I really think it does that, in my perspective, uh, through Jesus and, and the um, unconditional love and forgiveness that he affords the world, right? Um, another way to accept somebody else's perspective is just to forgive them of everything and say, you know, it doesn't matter uh, what you've done or where you've been um, and what you've done to me. I, I'm going to wipe the slate, slate clean because I can see uh, that you are a product of a lot around you and not everything you've done or been is entirely your fault, right? You were, you were dealt a bad hand, right? The, the deck was stacked against you. And, you know, I've said, I've said this before. I believe that everybody, every human on earth, <laughs> the deck has been stacked, stacked against us if we are trying to be like Christ. If we, are, if we believe that we have to be like Christ in order to be saved, uh, then we don't have a chance in hell. <laughs> Pardon the expression. <laughs> really. Um, because the deck is stacked against us, right? We, we have been fed lies and half-truths, uh, and the truth has been hidden from us, uh, and it's never come in a great package, uh, and it's been um, burdened down with, with other people's perspectives, and our own perspective is so corrupt uh, that we can't trust it either. You know, the, the, if anybody finds their way... Um, to a truly righteous life, right? Even next to uh, the example of Christ, then it's it's more like winning the lottery, right? It's 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 up there. Um, I, I just don't see that anybody, certainly not the sum of their life, uh, the sum of their life could not stand up against Christ. Right, so I, I think the the deck has been stacked against us, and I think that's what Christ came to tell us: is that hey, it's okay, you know, m no matter where you've come from, what you've been through, no matter how bad your parents were or your environment, no matter how many lies you've been told and believed, uh, no matter how that played out in your behavior, uh, the bad things you've done, your selfishness or self-serving ways. Uh, uh, no matter, you know, how many times you've neglected to help others, right? To, to show love and compassion for others. That no matter how often that's happened, um, I, I don't think you ever had a chance to be that. And I never expected you to be that. I really just want you to know that I love you and that I accept you uh, and that you are forgiven and more than that, your perspective is validated and understood. Uh, and, and I'm not going to hold your, your perspective and your environment and your upbringing, your nationality, your race, uh, your gender, your sexual preference. I'm not going to hold any of that stuff against you. 
okay? Because none of that means diddly squat compared with the love that I'm showering you, showering you with. That's the perspective I think that Christ would love us to understand is that it just doesn't matter, right? He wants us to, to lean into his love. Now, I think, and no, I, I know, I believe, let's put it this way, I, I trust, I trust that as we lean into that love, we become more and more like Christ, more and more like the person that we want to be as we lean into that love, that that love, and, and, and as we contemplate it uh, and, and really learn to understand it and trust it, right? The trust is so important that as we trust that love, it has a transforming effect on us that is above and beyond our own effort, right? It's, it's above and beyond effort. It doesn't mean you can't put effort in it, into it. Uh, but effort alone has never uh, gotten mankind anywhere. <clears throat> uh, and so, you know, what Christ came to do is say, you know, just lean into my love. Just trust that my love is enough for you. Uh, trust that the promises I've made to... to bring you to a better place are true that I'm working on that and that all of the suffering and the disappointment and the abandonment uh, the uh, betrayals the times of need and want all of that will be but a shadow and a, a you know a, a shade of a memory compared to the love that you are going to be surrounded with. Now, if you can read the Bible with that kind of perspective, I think you'd see a completely different book. I think you'd understand a completely different God. Uh, and I think you would um, appreciate a completely different Savior in Christ. Uh, so I've uh, come to come to work, made it here, safe and sound. Thank you guys for listening as always. Um, you know, if we could um, <clears throat> get something else going in the next, I don't know, next month or so, I'll let you guys know. Maybe I'll try to post it up here. Uh, I've also considered starting a Patreon page. I just want to let you guys know about that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but, uh, you know, there may come a time where I may need to make a little money doing this. I don't know. I don't know the direction things are going, but things happen, right? Um, so thank you guys uh, always for uh, listening, and I hope that what I've said to you is encouraging to you. Uh, and I appreciate you. Thanks. Bye-bye.